missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora Pirlo di Tecco, tiro, What's going on, footy fans? We are back here for another episode. Andrew Santo and Joe, as always. We had our own little footy session today, uh, trying to get trying to get back in the into the season, trying to get back in, in shape a little bit. Um, it was tough, not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't know how um, you guys made out. I'm I'm feeling it. I mean, shout out to <laughs> anyone on uh, Polonia who's listening. Um, yeah, that was a tough yeah, tryout, man. It. Practice tryout. Yeah, I mean. Before this, I mean, last summer we were training on Wednesdays with Charo. Um, we obviously had a pretty small field, so no like really big running going on, just like short sprints, which you know is still a pretty good workout. But yeah, you know, I'm feeling it like everywhere. Basically, <laughs> calves the calves are feeling it. I'm calves are on fire. Yeah, thankfully they didn't cramp this time. Last first run out, they were cramping hard. <laughs> not fun, but uh, gotta go get some physio and Cairo in yeah. before we start getting into it. Like I said to you guys, the walk back to the car was like something I totally forgot about because it's like you finally, yeah. you know, like when you're running around and you're playing, the adrenaline's kicking in, you don't really feel anything. And then once you stop, take off yeah. the boots, that, you know, that 20 foot walk from like the bench <laughs> to the car, it's like, yeah. what did I just do to myself? No, I did not want to get up. Uh, at all after oh. I changed the boots. I was I could have like yeah. just slept on the field. Oh, same. We came back here to the house, had some dinner, and then we went jumping on the trampoline and I just laid there. <laughs> I just I just laid on my back and the kids are jumping around me and I, I almost fell asleep while they yeah. were jumping. Like I was that tired. I was literally my body's doing this and I almost fell asleep. <laughs> That's when you know you're tired. <laughs> oh god, yeah. yeah. It's, gonna be, it's gonna be a good sleep. I know that. Shout out, shout out to a Hamoudis. We had some Hamoudis shawarma. And it was probably like the best shawarma I've ever had after uh, quite the workout. See, I'm more two of a Bosch's guy. Two shawarma. Two yeah. chickens? Yeah. Yep. Two I did. Mixed beef. Mixed beef. Mixed beef. Mixed beef. Chicken. Is that chicken and beef together? Yeah. I just had chicken. It's not the chicken and beef. I never tried the mix before. I've taken, I've actually literally had like a chicken and then a beef, like two separate ones. Mm-hmm. I never had it mixed. Mm-hmm. Mixed is, I love mixed. How is that? Delicious. Two mixed right. shawarmas from Hamoudi's. Shout out for Hamoudi's getting free advertising. But, hey, uh, Hamoudi's, Bosch's. I guess that I'm more of a Basha guy. But whoever wants to support us from the Tecumseh end of the shawarma uh, community, <laughs> we're here for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> gladly eat your shawarmas. 100%. Okay, so to the actual footy action that took place this weekend <laughs> and actually some games that took place in the beginning of the week as well. Um, where should we start, guys? I mean, I don't really want to start with Chelsea Arsenal because that was just something to forget. Um, you know, Chelsea taking a four-one loss to Arsenal midweek. 
I mean, it's not, like we're starting with Chelsea Arsenal. Well, I don't. I'm not going to start it. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. I just, I have, I have to break it down. I just got to say what happened. It wasn't a good game. Yeah. Um, from Chelsea's standpoint, Arsenal. I mean, the, all the power to them. Good job in them. But I just want to let the people know that that game did take place. I'm not avoiding it. I'm probably going to focus more on the West Ham game today. One Chelsea became one no victors. But I'm just letting everyone know. I know they lost. I know. We don't have yeah. time tonight to break it down. It's getting late already. So we're going to do a quick session here. But, um, I mean, let's just start at the top of the table. Man City's still keeping their, their lead against yeah. Liverpool. Uh, five one victors against Watford who are, you know, probably seeing their way out of the, uh, the yeah. Premier League for this season. Kind of tough for Watford. Yeah. I mean, going into it, they didn't really have anything going for them much. They didn't have any, um, they didn't have anything, um, in like the last five games you can look at as to really take anything from, you know, four, oh, sorry, three losses in a row going to the Man City match. Everything was mm-hmm. against them, and uh, it really showed this game, 5-1, in favor of the Citizens. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough when you're, you know, you know, second from the bottom team going against the champions who really have something to play for. Um, cause they, they have to like pick up these results to keep up with Liverpool. So going into that game, I mean, it's, it's an uphill battle from the start and Man City started off flying. You know, I wouldn't say it was Man City's best game. I think, uh, they were making quite a few mistakes, but they got an early goal with Gabriel Jesus and, it was just all Man City from there. Um, Watford did get him back, but no, he, uh, you know, four goals, you know, and at the rate they were mm-hmm. going, he could have got more um, towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, aside from the one that Watford got back, it was just all Man City. Um, there was, uh, you know, a little bit of criticism, as you would expect from Jack Grealish. You know, I think everyone's asking, like, when is he going to score? When is he going to start putting in these performances? Um, I kind of get the whole him not scoring thing, but I do see his contribution outside of him scoring. So I wasn't like too overly critical of his performance um, and just the role he's playing at Man City. So uh, just, you know, I think a good result, obviously, for them and just keeping toe-to-toe with Liverpool. I mean, just to touch on the Grealish thing, I'm, I know everyone's getting criticism. I think he's getting more because of the price tag. But if you remember, I think Mares and Concello were both really struggling when they went to City their first season. Even Mares, yeah. I think it was even two seasons. But, and this is just a broader thing in general. I think Pep's one of the very few coaches that actually develops players and makes them like a lot better than what they are. I think, and this is not like, it's just like an observation, I'm not obviously criticizing EPL managers because I obviously couldn't do it, but. I feel a lot of coaches now, um, they look for players to put in their system. And then if they don't work, then they sell them, they're done, they move on to someone else. I think Pep really spends his time on those players and develops them and like makes them better, which is, you know, that is the job of a coach, right? Like you take these mm-hmm. players, you try and make them better. And, you know, I've seen it. I know it didn't really work with Danilo, and that's why they went for Concello. And I remember some pundits were saying it's like, oh, they sold Danilo and got Concello for money. It's like that wasn't like that's like a nothing trade. And now we're here three <laughs> years steal, later, man. and now he's like the best steal. left back in the world, right? And yeah. I know Concello was even right came out and said he's like, yeah, when I first got here, me and Pep didn't see eye to eye. Things were really working out, and now he's like completely changed. So I think just the the development. And like the personnel management of Pep, I think I'm more leaning to the side that in 
maybe next year, maybe the year after, Grealish is going to come out and just be just as solid as like Sterling and maybe Mares even as right now, um, just because he is that good of a coach. So I'm not too worried about it. And, you know, I'm not even too worried about like City offloading Grealish in like one or two years because I think Pep's not about that unless for whatever reason he just really doesn't work out after like a few seasons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this Grealish situation, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens when, uh, if it happens with, uh, Erling, or Erling Haaland, or however you pronounce the name, going to City. Stop with that, Joe. It I don't want to hear could happen. That. Probably will happen, but I don't want to hear it happen. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> just the jealousy said again. Um, with Grealish, yeah, obviously his hype was unreal. Coming mm-hmm. from Aston Villa. And again, like he put in a pretty top notch performance at the European Cup last year in the summer. So his expectations coming into City were, were huge. But that being said, yeah, he's, he came off the bench in this match, I believe. Um, did he, yeah, he did, nope. right? No, he started. No, he started. He started. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. Yes, he did. He started in the false nine position. Sorry. I didn't see him on the, on the lineup card there. Uh, yeah, he started as the false nine. Uh, I assume he didn't probably stay there. I, I would think he probably ran around the field like a like a chicken with his head cut off. But when you still ha- when you still become five one victors, and like yeah, obviously you want to see his name on the score sheet. But your team's yeah. winning five one, so like they're just kind of complaining about bullshit stuff in the first place. Like yes, you want to see him get going, but then you have a player like Gabriel Jesus put up four goals. Like why are you still looking at Grealish and like to give him criticism when your team's performing at a top notch level still? Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. tough. It's tough on the player. It's tough to be, it's tough to be that good where like you're still criticizing your team when you just be somebody five one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he like made some contributions. I mean, he, he had a part to play in Jesus's fourth goal. Um, you know, he's getting good position on the field. So it, I think, it comes with the job. Really, I mean, you're with City. Everyone's like expecting you to always be doing something. Like if you're not contributing, you're getting you know analyzed. So. Yeah, I guess. Um, like Joe said, I think it's going to work out for him. Uh, and I'm actually looking forward to see, uh, how he develops over the next few seasons with Pep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, like clearly just the, the facilities, the academy, the knowledge of what Man City brings is top notch. And yeah, outside the top five, you're not going to find that many, um, you know, clubs that are, are going to give many guys the opportunity. Yes, we've seen before with Southampton especially how they can kind of take players from nothing, even take players from the like the first division and bring them to the side and help them progress and become better and then just offload for money. Mm-hmm. I think Southampton is like one of the best like, you know, uh not youth not youth teams, but one of the best yeah, developing clubs, I would guess. Um mm-hmm. maybe in their eyes it should have kept more of the players for like a little bit longer <laughs> and have a better run sometimes. But yeah. when you got Liverpool offering you a top dollar for Van Dyke and you got again Liverpool again for Sadio Mane giving you top money, like you kind of let mm-hmm. the guys walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, like they want to make profit on these players and you know. Yeah, uh, I would say if a player wants about. to leave, if a player wants to leave, you have to let them leave. Mm-hmm. It's my philosophy. Yeah. yeah, you said this since day one. <laughs> yeah. And Just, like when the, when when you're at a side like with Southampton and like you see like if you can identify yourself as, you know, like you're maybe better than the club, like what you're better, your talent level is higher than what the club is. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, 
you also have your agent in the back of your ear, like yeah. you know, talking to you saying, Hey, like we can probably move. We could probably, you've yeah. had a great season. You can maybe put yourself in the market and ask for a, you know, to be traded or sold, or whatever, ask for a transfer. And when you have someone saying that in your ear as well, like it's going to boost your confidence and it's going to boost your ego a little bit more as well. And you're going to even, mm-hmm. you're going to demand that much more to leave the club. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we've seen it, you know, time and time again in, in EPL and every other league, uh, league out there. Yeah. Um, Staying at the top of the table, or decide Derby, Liverpool, Everton, two no victors to the Reds. Liverpool remains a red city. Um, yeah, I mean, might be a really red city soon. It might be really red. <laughs> the blood, the blood, the blood of Everton fans be flowing. I streets. like. I don't. I mean, I'm obviously like obviously I'm not in England right now, but no. Do does Liverpool want Everton to get relegated? You know, like the Liverpool like, oh, as like, a club or yeah, Liverpool like, supporters. Uh, well, I mean, kind of the same. Like diehard well, Liverpool fans. Do they want Everton? They're like, oh yeah, Everton's relegated. It's like, oh, the Merseyside Derby's done. <laughs> I don't think they'll care to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think they would just feel like, yeah, we're we're Liverpool we're the best. and you're Everton. Yeah, we're we are the best. Like, yeah. It's yeah. sad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we we were talking when Everton was like falling down the table. We're like, Everton's not going to get relegated. Like it's they're not, and now happen. they're going, and now they're actually in the bottom three with Burnley getting a big win. Ah, Burnley sitting thirty-one points and seventeenth. Everton eight. Everton's running is so much more difficult too. Yeah, we now, touched on that. Yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm. and granted, Everton does have a game in hand. Uh, but I got like but, Chelsea. Yeah, they have you know a really tough run, and so it's definitely not guaranteed that they're going to win that game in hand. I would say it's actually more unlikely that they won't, yeah. or it's more likely that they won't. So it's tough, man. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the wizard. I mean, he's you know since the start of the season, he said they were having a tough run, and so um, he's going through some stuff right now. He, yeah, the wizard is going through some stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, really uh, tough Ever- to be an Everton fan. Everton's remaining schedule have them see. Chelsea, Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Crystal Palace, and last match of the season against Arsenal away. Um, yeah, it's a tough, tough final six games. You have uh, to, yeah. you have to win. You have to win against Brentford, Crystal Palace, and Watford. Yeah, I think last There's pod, nothing. You're gonna lose the other three games. You have to win those games. Yeah, I think last Somehow. pod we said they have to get at least a draw in one of those matches. But with Burnley pulling away the victory like they did against yeah. Wolves. Though, like that draw scenario is like gone now. It's out the window. That you can't even look at a draw possibility. It has to be win, win, win in those three matches, and then just fight hard in the final th- in the other three mm-hmm. um, against yeah. you know some some better competition. Yeah, because um, Burnley has Villa. I recall they have Villa twice, Newcastle. And uh, they have yeah Villa, uh, Tottenham. Yeah, uh, like I said, Newcastle and Watford. Is for yeah. next. They could next week. Burnley could easily win like three of those games because Aston Villa would probably yeah. be safe and they'll be in like fifteenth and not really care. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Well, Burnley has a chance to pick up another six points, maybe seven if they pick up a draw. So Everton's got to figure something out here. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's so hard to to see them down there as low as they are, and with the with the money, let's start with the moves that they made at the transfer deadline. It kind of Looked like they were going to pull 
an Aston Villa and like pull themselves out of that battle and put some actual positive results on the on the table there on the board. And with getting Lampard appointed there too, you're getting a better manager. We thought maybe better than Alfred Benitez is what he's like what he did at the beginning of the season and last year. Clearly not very successful with Everton and everyone everyone kind of wanted him out. Mm-hmm. And with Lampard being appointed again, he was hungry still. He still wants to coach. He still wants to be a manager in the Premier League. He did a stellar job at Derby County a couple of seasons ago. Maybe we're seeing that Lampard kind of has to still learn a few things here and there, and maybe he should spend another season in like the first division. I don't th- have to say if Everton would keep him on board if they do get relegated. I think like he was bothered for one for one thing, and it was to get us out of relegation zone, and then maybe continue as our manager from that point on. But if they go down with Lampard still. That's got to be a fresh start. Like they're gonna have to gut the team again, get rid of the talented players that don't want to play there anymore. Probably Jordan Pickford might be gone. Let's just say, mm-hmm. um, Calvert Lewin probably gone. Van de Beek, uh, Van de Beek, yeah, he'll be, well, he's on loan, right? He'll probably go back to United. Yeah, I think Ten Hagen's gonna bring him back. Yeah, but, so they're gonna well, be yeah. they're gonna be gutted one way or another, and yeah. who knows? They could pull. You know, Sunderland and get relegated again. Could you imagine that into like yeah. the second division? I was actually before this, I was watching a video on from a TIFO football. I don't know if I told you about that yet. What relegation would mean for Everton? Oh boy, it was like these really cool. Um, it was it was more on the financial side how like their sponsorship uh, shirt would like Kazoo, I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would go away or they have to renegotiate. I forget exactly what he said. Most likely, yeah. Honest. Um, they would have the I, the main thing he said um, was the what was it? I think it was the high paying players that uh, you can't get rid of. So I think they, I think they spent their seventh for the amount of money spent this last season. Yes, or, yep. or their wage bill. I think their wage bill is seventh in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of, I think Dominic Caver Lewis and, um, Richarlison, there's a lot of clubs interested in them, but there's a lot of players that are on really high salaries that they can't really offload. So I think that's going to be the major struggle for Everton. Um, mm-hmm. and then have to like reevaluate like basically everything. Cause they're not sure what they can do with that scenario. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's going to be a tough one. And I, I was, I was kind of unclear. I'm not sure if they had like plans for, like a 40 million renovation of the stadium or something like that, but that's contingent on. Ouch. Yeah. Or so, I forget what it was. It has <laughs> something to do with the stadium or like a stadium oh deal. Or I think it's still a new, it's either that or a stadium sponsors. There's a, there was like a lot of plans at Everton, to be honest. Yeah. They're dreaming um, big. <laughs> like yeah. But I guess like, back to my thing. I think what he said was like, they might, they might have like a backup sponsor. I don't even know or something like that, but it was just, you should watch it. It was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put the link in the uh, description for yeah on the video here. And I didn't know this. If you get if you get relegated, I think it's like almost eighty million dollars in lost revenue. But I didn't know this. I guess they have like some teams have this. Like I think Newcastle had it and West Ham had it. They have there's like a plan in place for those clubs. Like if we go down to the championship, how do we like sustain ourselves financially so we can stay in there for one year, not get too hard of a hit, and, like hopefully come back. Oh, like contingency year. plan. Yeah, or something oh like gosh. that. Like a plan. It's like, what happens if we get relegated? Here's what we have to do. So, 
but those are teams that have been relegated in the past that know what it's like. Everton hasn't been there in years. I know. Seems I don't think so they've ever been there since the Premier League has become a thing like in the in the early nineties. No. So. so I don't know. I mean they probably wow. like stressing around February. Okay, we should probably look into like what Newcastle has done. Like yeah. maybe, maybe we can come back next year because we don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. I know we'll I know like, we here had high expectations. Well not high expectations, but we had high beliefs that Everton was gonna they're gonna pull it out. But they've been disappointing yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and, string of like really bad results or just not picking up the points that they should be picking up and here they are. Yeah, here they are. Uh, 18th place, like we said, two places, two points, say, two points outside, sorry, of 17th place. Burnley, who is safe right now. Um, Watford and Norwich, I believe, are pretty close to being mathematically um, relegated, like mathematically, automatically. You know what I'm saying? Mathematically, mm-hmm. automatically, mm-hmm. Relegated, mathematically relegated. relegated. Mathematically, automatically relegated. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, probably. I don't think it's mathematically yet, but probably. <laughs> I would say. I mean, Norwich at 21. They can win a possible five more five games. games. 10 points. That puts them at 17th. So they, they're one game away, actually. Mm-hmm. And Watford's not far behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Liverpool, though, on their end of things, again, they just keep rolling. Um, they put a lot of good string of results um, together recently, including, obviously, again, just to touch on it, then getting into the semifinals of the Champions League. Um, they're going to be facing... Uh, Via Real coming mm-hmm, next mm-hmm. week, actually, on May the 3rd is the uh, first yep. leg of that match. They have a little tune up game against Newcastle before that. Um, oh, sorry, no, Wednesday the 27th. Oh, my bad. Wednesday the 27th is their, is their actual next game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Champions League. And then come back on the weekend against, against Newcastle and then leg two on the following week on May 3rd. Whew. Uh, mm-hmm. Got that one out there. Um, Liverpool, I think their Champions League um, chances are pretty high. I know mm-hmm. Villarreal is kind of like the Cinderella story of the Champions League so far with them knocking off the likes of Bayern Munich in the quarterfinal. But I don't know. I mean, we said before how Bayern's like a well-oiled machine and we like they've obviously been the best team in Germany for years and years. But this Liverpool team is just different. And yeah. The depth that they have, even like a game like today, like Divock Origi and Andy Robertson scoring the goals against mm-hmm. Everton. I mean, like two guys that you would never think would really be on the score sheet. Um, when you had the likes of Mane and, and, and Firmino and Jota and Salah, of course. So for them to kind of pull goals out from anywhere, um, it shows the depth of the team. And like I said, Villarreal has been on this fairy tale run and it, like I'd love to see it keep going if they can progress, but they're going to have it tough against Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. And leg one is at Anfield, so you can kind of see them behind the eight ball right away uh, in that match. But I don't know. I think if Liverpool can't obviously pull any closer to Man City uh, in the standings for the Premier League, you know, a nice consolation win would be a Champions League final where they might face Man City anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think on either ends of like you know the the either ends of the tournament, whether you're looking at EPL or you're looking at Champions League, Liverpool are still going to give their everything. And mm-hmm. they still have, you know, a pretty good chance to come away with wins in both, uh, both mm-hmm. categories, both, uh, both tur- yeah. Uh, tournaments. Yeah. Honestly, I think this makes for probably like the most exciting end to the season we could have hoped for. I mean, 
Man City looked like they were running away with the, the APL title, but now it's close. And the fact that they could meet in the Champions League final, which is obviously looking very likely. I mean, you know, Man City have a really tough matchup against Real Madrid, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it, it'll make for probably one of the more exciting endings to the season in general with mm-hmm. uh, these two going head to head. And I think uh, someone was saying, um, I think it was a commentator. I don't know if it was Jim Proudfoot saying uh, that Pep said that at the end of the day, when he's retired and playing golf, that he'll always remember Liverpool at his, as his greatest rivals in his career. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is saying something about, you know, what's happened with these two teams over, over the years. Uh, they just, they match up well against each other. It's always exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's looking like I would bank on city probably winning the league. Um, just looking at their run-in, Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Villa. I know uh, Liverpool starts to play Spurs, and they're going to be fighting for a Champions League spot. I mean, but the rate these two are going, they'll honestly, they'll probably just both win out all the rest of their games um, because they've both done it before. They both won the league, so they know what goes into it, and City's experience where, when was it? I don't know if it was two seasons ago. Where they were in the same scenario, they City and Liverpool both had to win out all their games, and I think it was even longer. They had a, t- like ten matches left, and so they had to win all of them to make sure they won the league. And that's where Company scored that uh, top corner goal against oh, Leicester. Yeah, top cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the plus is they've been here before, so they know what it takes. So I get the feeling that experience will help them see this season out, and then we'll see what happens in Champions League. That'll be juicy. Yeah, the schedule for Liverpool. Uh, the remaining games that like we touch on again, uh, Villarreal in the, in the Champions League, and they have yeah, Tottenham, Villa. Uh, the next game right now, sorry, the next game is yeah, like I said, against Newcastle. They have Chelsea in the FA Cup final, and then you got Southampton and Wolves as their last match of the season. So yeah, very gettable games for them as well. Um, the Chelsea clash, it's kind of like thrown right in there, like like just kind of like an unnecessary timing, uh, mm-hmm, May fourteenth. Um, the final match of the season is supposed to be scheduled for May 22nd, but the game against Southampton's actually been postponed or it was a mm-hmm. postponed match from before. So we'll see where they end up throwing that game in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did maybe the 17th or 18th, yeah. uh, a few days after, basically in between the, uh, the FA Cup final and, uh, the match against Wolves, maybe like a Wednesday match against Southampton. So we'll have to see, uh, when it comes down to that, you know, last game, this last match of the, Seasons on May 22nd for all teams. I think they all try and play at the same time, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So there's no, uh, no shenanigans going on with uh, mm-hmm. yeah. scoreboard watching and whatnot. So yeah, Liverpool Wolves is the uh, last match for them. And like we said, for Man City, who was it, Joe? Their last match? They play, I believe, uh, Villa. That's uh, Villa. Villa. Yeah. Villa is yeah. the last match too. So yeah, like you said, very gettable games for, for everyone there. Toughest test to beat Liverpool Spurs. Man City's maybe the West Ham game. Yeah, I'd say what. I mean, we'll see West Ham away. You know, Wolves yeah. away might be tough too. We'll have to see. But mm-hmm. just like I said, the, with the state they're in, knowing they have to win, um, and they know, don't have FA Cup to worry about too. Yeah, right yeah. Liverpool yeah. Does. One, Let's see. one less, uh, one less thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. But anything can happen. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, just going down the table again. Chelsea won no victors against West Ham. Had to play all of the 90th minute. They got a gift of a penalty as well in the 86th off a, um, off a red card. 
mm. issued out to what was his name again? Dawson. Yeah, Craig Dawson, 86th minute. Jorginho steps up, does not score. It's kind of just the way that the Italians are doing things lately. They just don't just, come through yeah. in the clutch. Jorginho just missing PKs. <sighs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that was obviously like the the shining moment for the, for Chelsea. They like, okay, well, it's a perfect opportunity. We've you know played a pretty pretty good game against West Ham. Uh, very back and forth, London Derby. It always is, but um, I think Chelsea deserved to get the win as anyways, even though they didn't really convert many other chances. And yeah, Georgina steps up. It's easy save by Fabianski. He's kind of a shitty PK. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, I haven't seen it yet. No, he put no. it. He put it just like he did his regular run up, and then he just put it just off centered, like to his yeah. left. Like it, it was. He was, it was like I a, heard it was bad. It was like two feet away from. From center, like it was bad. Yeah, yeah. If Fabianski dove the other way, he looks like a genius. But it's one of those ones he just side footed it, like no power mm-hmm. behind it. Fabianski just oh, scooped it up, caught it. Mm. Not very good. Um, yeah. So like we kind of, I kind of thought that might you know crush Chelsea for like the next five minutes of the match, going into extra time. But you know, bring on the American kid, and uh, he's able to convert on a nice pass back. I believe it was Marcus Alonso that did it. Um, I'll just stick real quick. It pass was from. Sorry to see here. Yeah, I think it's Marcus Alonso on the wing. Oh no, fuck! I don't know. Kovacic. I have no idea who that was. <laughs> um, it was a nice finish, though. Yeah, it was. He ran to the byline. Pulisic followed into the 18-yard box, right, basically at the penalty spot area. Left foot one time to the far post. Fabianski got a hand on it, didn't make enough uh, enough contact, and ball kind of just trickled into the back of the net. So for Pelosi to get that, a guy who's been another player, kind of like Grealish in the same sense, where he had a lot mm-hmm. of hype coming to the team, and he had shown br- like signs of brilliance. I think he got a hat trick in his first season with Chelsea last year. Injury set yeah. in, missed a lot of time. And then he's still trying to find his way into the side, and coming off the bench... Maybe he's more of like a spark plug player because it's hard to get into the side sometimes when you have the likes of Mount and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Havertz playing as well as they have Werner playing like his best run of form basically for Chelsea. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. going to say it. He's been playing pretty well. You know, he's been keeping Lukaku on his ass on the bench. So, yeah. Um, he came on actually as a sub again in this match here, I think in the 60 something minute, maybe 70th minute. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what, what we're basically seeing from Lukaku now. Like, whoever would have thought, you know, Romelu Lukaku, one of the best strikers in the world, you know, Belgium's number one target man, and he's coming off the bench for Chelsea in like many, many games in a row. Yeah. yeah. You know, struggling, struggling to get a start. Um, if you would have told me this was happening in April, if you would have said, said this to me back when they signed him in, in uh, the summer last year, I'd be like, nah, you're joking. Like, there's no way. Like, he's, he's going to score 25 goals for us. He's going to be lights out. Yeah, clearly not. That's not what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. That no. is not the case. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, with the caliber of a striker, he is just to see what's going on. Um, I even told uh, one of my buddies that it all started, you know, bringing it back again to that one like really stupid interview where he started making comments yeah. about something, and it's been all downhill from there. Um. And it's just sad to see because obviously, you know, I think it makes the Premier League better when he's playing at his best and not, you know, underperforming. So hopefully they figure something out next season. Wouldn't be totally surprised like we've talked about if he leaves. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to see what happens. 
but I I hope he stays in the Premier League because I think it makes it better. And and now too, if he does leave, like Chelsea's probably saying, okay, we can buy, we can maybe, yeah, take a loss on him, but we'll need as much money as we can because we don't know what the fuck's going on <laughs> with with our club in the future. So whatever money we can scoop mm-hmm. up and salvage, like let's try and and retain it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Chelsea is five points safe right now from fourth place Arsenal, who picked up a huge win against Manchester United on Saturday morning, the early match, three mm-hmm. one victors. Um, pretty hard fought game. And this is a game I actually did tune into. I was really busy over the weekend. So I, my footy viewing was, was limited, but I saw this game early on Saturday morning. Uh, I was impressed, um, by Arsenal. They played really well. And I wouldn't say it brought me back to the, the Wenger days, but just the ball movement from this team in this game in particular. I mean, I know United is not a defensive dynamo in any sense, but. The ball movement and the quick passing and like the opening of a space that Arsenal, you know, put forth in this match. I was, uh, I was really impressed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I called it back in the day. It's like Arsenal. I mean, but I was doubting for a while when Spurs were on their run. Well, we were all doubting. Yeah. <laughs> so Spurs was, you know, going for it, but Arsenal obviously got two massive wins with United and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, Obviously huge, but I I think you know similar to the Man City Liverpool game that we had uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know Arsenal Tottenham got to play. I think third last game of the season against each other, so that's that's going to be the telltale uh, game, I would say. But you know it's tough with these two teams. They're so they're inconsistent where they could just randomly drop points to you know whoever it might be. Um, so it really could either pick either one. Um, I couldn't tell you who I would pick at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's tough. We'll just, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, we'll see what happens when they, play each other, when they play each yeah. other in, uh, you know, towards the end of the season. Yeah, you're right. Third last game for Arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. they have West Ham next, another London game, tough one. And then match against Leeds and then Tottenham. Newcastle, and then like we touched on before, they play um, play Everton at home on the last match of the of the um, season, yeah. May twenty second. Again, I can't say it enough. May twenty second. Like mark your calendars for that because it's going to be fireworks. Yeah, uh, going oh, yeah. into that match, that match day. Yeah. Um, back, uh, back, I can't say his name. Bakayo Saka. Yeah. Bakoya Saka. All star Saka. Bakayoko. I can't say his name. Stud. Bakayo, Bakayo, yeah. Saka, absolute stud for for Arsenal. I mean, we yeah. he obviously had the embarrassment that took place in the Euros last year, and we were kind of thinking like, oh, is he going to recover from this? And I think the first two months of the season, we really showed that he was still nursing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole Arsenal side had something going on. They had a flu bug or something. Maybe they all had COVID at the same time. I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> why they had their shitty start to the season. Yeah, but uh, once you know, once the weather changed, once um, you know, whatever clicked in with Arteta's plan, or maybe around Christmas time, maybe a little bit before that. From that point on, Arsenal had just been a freight train. Um, mm-hmm. you know, going forward, and yeah, they have dropped some some points against some teams that they maybe shouldn't have. But still, that's going to happen. That's the parody of of the Premier League. You're going to have this the sides of Man City and Liverpool who are just on an absolute next level. Where they go into every match being confident that they can win three nil, and half the time that they end up doing that, 
Everyone else, yeah, you can look at Arsenal versus Leeds or Arsenal versus Burnley and say, yeah, well, you know, Arsenal will probably win this game, but there is still a chance. Like, it's still Arsenal we're talking about, and clearly Chelsea's done the same thing. Just a couple weeks ago, they lost against Brentford out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it does happen in, in England fo- uh, English football, but if I was to pick, if they were level on points right now and there's nothing separating them and they just had five games left, I think I would still lo- lean towards Arsenal. Um, yeah. to, to come out victorious. I think they just, yeah, like I said, since Christmas, they just did something different. I know kind of Tottenham has been the same way a little bit. Like they have had a lot of streaks, like hot and cold throughout the season. And Antonio Conte's got the boys at Tottenham playing a very conservative type of football, I think. Like clearly he's more defensive minded, so they don't take as many risks going forward. And we do see a lot of the play, like always being funneled through Son and Kane. Mm-hmm. But with Arsenal, they're just, they're fast, they're young, they're exciting. It seems that they actually do, they are starting to have an identity with them, with themselves. And I think Arteta's done a really good job at kind of shaping the team to what he wants to, like what he wants to have. And like we touched, uh, touched on it so many times, like in earlier podcasts. Yes, they do still need key players in key positions. They do need some glue guys. They do need some guys to like solidify that midfield uh, role for them alongside Granit Xhaka or maybe replace Granit Xhaka. Um, such a hothead, that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. just <laughs> more and more of a liability with, yeah. with him. And I know he's he dons the captain band a lot now, and I mean, he's probably been there the longest out of anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's why he's he's still retaining that. But yeah, he's he's a firecracker, man. He's he's very um, yeah. The temperature runs hot with him all the time. Like he's he's always he's always up there. Yeah, but I sure. I yeah, like I said, I think if I had to pick a side, I think I would see Arsenal. I'll clinch that that fourth place spot, and yeah, that that's going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when they have to play against Tottenham, is it at uh, where's it at, Joe? Do you know? Uh, Whitehart or not Whitehart? Whatever, <laughs> whatever. Tottenham's well, <laughs> they have Tottenham the creative name. I don't. Even they have know. the creative name of Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like Whitehart Lane. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a beauty stadium too. I know it's like obviously older and it had to get replaced at some point, but that. That was a character stadium. Yeah. For sure. That, that, was, was, that was a nice one. That was great. Um, no, I mean, shout out to Arsenal. I mean, they went up against Man U, and I think, um, you know, going to the big games, maybe Arsenal was always one of those teams where, um, you know, especially at the start of the season, where they were like the quote-unquote big club that could have won the big games. But, um, you know, credit to them, uh, taking it to Man U. I mean, Man U's just in a really bad place right now. And it's getting worse and worse for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Ten Hag's, you know, I think more and more of his plan of just getting the team is going to take effect when he comes in. So, um, but shout out to Ronaldo. I mean, scoring um, at the end of like an unfathomable week for him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Big craziness. Time. Yeah. So definitely condolences to him and his family. Um, but it's, you know, it's really tough for Man U. I mean, Pogba is getting booed off the field. Um, Maguire's just under constant scrutiny. So just another tough run in for Man U. So hopefully Tenek can kind of turn that uh, ship around to, to better days because mm-hmm. Man U's been waiting a long time to just have something that they would consider a successful season because year after year, just, uh, it's just disappointing for them, really. Mm-hmm. Not much to cheer about if you're a Man U fan, really. No. No. I mean, with, and I remember, I don't know how much they spent, like, what is it, close to a billion dollars. So, you know, it's just more, 
it's just a foundational problem at the club. Decision making's not been good enough. Like you're gonna blame the players all you want, and they are to blame, of course. Um, you've had how many managers, and they always seem to like. You know, I think who was it? Roy Keane was talking. I heard him talk. He kept saying how uh, he, him, when he was at the club, him, Skulls, Gigs, Bex, they would be terrified at the prospect of leaving Man United, and how like they loved the club and. You know, it was this great atmosphere. And now you get like all these players coming to Man U and it's like, oh, like the dressing room's a mess. We all want to leave. Like it's terrible. And you see like yeah. Roy Keane just get all like sad. It's like, we're talking about Manchester United. Like, yeah. and like that heavy is like, yeah, like Man U probably arguably one of the most prestigious clubs in the world. And you have players who are like, yeah, the dressing room sucks and we like want to leave. And it's like, how yeah. do you like, <laughs> and Roy Keane's just like dejected. I'm like, that is like that's not a good thing, you know. You yeah, need it's... you need someone, and I don't know what it is. Like, yes, you probably need to change in ownership, but just someone to come in and be like, no, like we have to get back to the days where like we're about winning the Premier League. Because right now it's just like, yeah, we're and I. One of my friends, um, well, actually, someone I work with, he talks about how like Man U's just interested in like their sponsorship partnerships and they're making money and stuff like that so until they reprioritize you know wanting to win the league they're it's going to be very difficult for the board or whoever to make decisions that's going to benefit the club because there's no way you spend a billion dollars like that poorly if you're yeah. like that interested in making sure your team's good because you it's don't like, what, yeah just spending money on players because like the fans want them is like not the best route to take you know and now it's like the Jane Sancho debacle that happened yeah i mean he's finally kind of starting to show up now he's playing pretty well but that was that was not handled yeah. properly sancho and even vandebeek yeah you have these players that you just bought and like for tens of millions of dollars and like i don't know what happened but i guess Solskjaer didn't even want them and he didn't fit into the system it's like what you buy him for you know <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like it's like man you are they're setting their bar really really high to achieve like great things with the club, but they can't even just do the minimum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they have to do baby steps. Like, yes, they qualified for champions league last year. Did they have a champions league side? No. Did they have a champions league? Like were, ca- were capable of progressing through champions league. Yeah, they were there. They were in a lot of the games, but they never seemed dominant. They never seen like they were like a, like on paper when you match them up against any team that got out of the group stage, you never saw man. You, and look at the team sheet and be like, oh yeah, I'm scared of these guys. Because they have holes everywhere through their team. Yeah, on paper, they might have the likes of Ronaldo. Oh my God, like Rashford, Pogba. But when these guys don't play properly and they don't play well and their form is like stinky, they're a really bad mm-hmm. team. <laughs> like they're not yeah. very good. So I think, again, their expectations that they're setting for themselves is really, really high. But it's like, guys, just scrap all that. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they don't qualify for Europe this year. Maybe they don't get into the Europa League. That might not be the worst thing for them. Get ten, yep. get ten Hag in there. Have him rebuild the team. Have him, you know, gut the team. Possibly, we don't know what's going to happen next summer. Um, oh, sorry, this summer. Um, and then have him like kind of start fresh with the team. And like I said, maybe they don't qualify for Europe. You know, West Ham's only, I believe, two points behind them. Um, you know, chasing them from behind, they they're you level on points with four games remaining. So there's an opportunity that West Ham could jump them into the last Europa League spot, and 
you know, for the long for the first time in a long time, it might not be European football for Manchester United, but it might be what they need. Just focus yeah. on the Premier League, focus on yeah, FA Cup if you want to, Carabao Cup, try and progress through there, develop your young players who haven't seen really come through the side in a while, and a young guys for United. And yeah, maybe just set your bar low and start climbing again. Kind of like what Arsenal have done. We're not really yeah. there anymore. Let's get into Champions League. Well, let's just get into Europe next year. And like, let's make that our goal. Like, let's not try and like get into top three. Let's just try and get back into Europe. Next time, let's try and get third place because now we'll, we'll really set ourselves, you know, properly for Champions League. We know we're locked in, kind of like what Chelsea's doing. Get another year under their belt there. And then like year three of the plan, we're going for the title. That's kind of how they have to look into things. Yeah. But like we talked about, talked about, talked about before. And like what Joe just said, they just want results. They just want their team to be number one in the world. They want their team to be up in lights. Oh, Manchester United. Like, they want to, they want to sign superstars. Yeah. And, and it's just, that's just not the club that they are anymore. They're like, not, they're not even the best team in their city. City, like, city and Liverpool, like from bottom, like I even, I mentioned this how many times? Like, the what's that guy's name? The director of football. I forget who it was. Not not the owner, Seek Mansoor, but the other guy. Oh uh, yeah, you, you know he. Yeah, forget, yeah. With the way he seems like he runs the club, I don't know for sure. Like obviously, I'm not at at City and just Liverpool. You never hear about any issues. Like if Manu wants to compete with City and Liverpool, you either need to hope Pep and Klopp leave sometime soon, and. You know, whoever they bring in doesn't do the greatest job and things start to fall apart there. And that's how you win the league, which probably is not going to happen there. I think both those clubs are well run. It's like, we got to like plan for the successor, mm-hmm. get a plan in place, do something properly. Yeah. So man, you, if they want to win the league, they have to build not just the team and the coach, but like the whole club's philosophy has to change. Otherwise, like, otherwise those two are just going to keep crushing the league like they keep doing because there's, they're way too well oiled, like from top to bottom, for Man U to just come in with the way they've been ranking things to hopefully win the league. You know, that's just yeah. not gonna happen. That's what I mean. They're just their their eyes are so big for the Premier League, and it's like, guys, you're not even close. Like, yeah, get yeah. your expectations out of there because all they're doing is hurting themselves and hurting the fan base too. And the, I don't know, but Man U fans, I, I would assume. A lot of them are just like fair weather fans or if their team's doing well, then they're going to support them. If they're doing shit, they might not be there. But for the diehards, I would, I would hope and understand, I would hope that they would understand that their team is not ready to win the Premier League. And yeah. like it happens a lot of times in North American sports. Your team tanks. They don't do very well. They come back in a couple of years, like rebuilt, regrouped. And if man, you want to do that. Maybe their fan base will get behind them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. maybe they'll understand and say, "Hey, yeah, maybe we aren't as good as we used to be. Yeah, we can't sign all these great players and then just become like a superstar team because we're already really good. We st- we we have to basically start from scratch." Yeah, yeah. And if they can come out publicly and say that, which they never would, I think their fan base might be like, "Yeah, we should do that. Like, it's not a bad idea. Like maybe we'll finish eighth this year and then we'll come back next year stronger and then we'll finish." fifth and they'll mm-hmm. come back stronger and finish third and then you know then we can maybe you know go on to spend some big cash and we can go you know be a little bit more risky and, and you know try and push that even harder for the premier league title yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm praying that man U just kind of figures it out because 
you know, it, it just sucks to see it week in and week out. Just, you know, costly menu, just in shambles, fans protesting, players getting booed off the field. And I, I don't even like menu. I hate United, but like, I want to see them, I want to see them just do better, man. Like, you're, you're not good. They're not a good team, which is, it's wild because the talent they have on their side is really good. Yeah. Like I said, like when they're all, when they're gelling, when they're actually playing well and they're not being individual and they actually are, you know, putting some, you know, passes together and tactics are actually looking like they're working. They're a good team. But it just mm. it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> no, like like more times than not, they have just like I said, holes at the back. They have players not tracking back. They have you know counterattacks being put against them and just some shitty goals going in, um, just by chance sometimes. But I don't know. They have uh, their next match against Chelsea. Um, is actually a midweek game, another makeup game. Actually, it's not. This is so ridiculous. It says it's match day thirty-seven. Um, against, against Chelsea, <laughs> I think when, they're trying to make up for when Chelsea's got to play the FA Cup final, so they're trying to maybe move okay. that game. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. smart, smart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're pushing a game forward instead of pushing a game back, which we don't see very often from the uh, the FA. Yeah, but that game is Thursday, April the twenty eighth, and then your weekend schedule has Newcastle Liverpool kicking off the early match seven thirty. Um, I mean. Newcastle, what's up, man? Like, yeah, three victories place. over lowly Norwich. Uh, the ultimate climb back. Um, I love it. I mean, I'm gonna yeah. be like I said, I'm gonna be 150 bucks uh, less rich. I guess was word. How bucks cheaper in the hole? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, they put they put my money where where my mouth is. So yeah, good for yeah. The, good for Newcastle. They're, uh, yep. they're killing it. Yeah, sitting very comfortably in ninth. Um, just, you know, dream scenario. I mean, their goal, obviously, when Hedy Out took over was just to stay in the Premier League. They're top 10 now and their performances have been good. I mean, they, they just, they're just getting results. Um, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next season with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone does need to manage expectations. You know, you have all this money coming in. Everyone wants to just be like, Oh, look, we're going to become the next man city and we're going to win titles. Yeah. Uh, man city did take a while to get there. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind. It took like what I remember it started with the whole Robinho thing. So like, what, yeah. was, what, like 12, 15, I don't even know. Like, That's a long, time. over probably a decade about, ago. So they have to, yeah. they have to realize it's going to take, they had to, and they went through a couple of managers before Mancini came in. They won the title for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'll take years. So if everyone's patient, it can happen. But if they if they turn into United where they just spend a bunch of money, not Dude, really rotating managers, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's like if you spend money too soon, you're just going to hurt yourselves. Yeah, F- financially and just your, your team's just not ready yet. You know, mm-hmm. like you can't. I kind of wish it was more like North American sports where there's like trades involved because like you could go like with draft picks and stuff. It's like you're ta- like, if you want to get a player from like a hockey team, that's really good. You can throw in like four of your first round picks or something for like the next four years and then get that player. So it's like, you're basically throwing mm-hmm. away your future, but this player is like ready to play now. I kind of wish like football was like that where it's like, you have something to risk other than just money, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're a team mm-hmm. in Liverpool, like if you're Liverpool, you say, okay, take our, take our first round picks. Cause we don't need 
to like rebuild from like the ground up with like young players and like we'll take like your really good guy. They don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But like aside like Newcastle, like they probably like want to hold on to their picks and like maybe build through like a draft situation or like aside like Crystal Palace or like want to hold on to their picks or something. I don't know. I'm just talking on my ass. But <laughs> it's like I just want there to be more risk than just being like, oh yeah, I was gonna go buy this guy. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, like yeah, 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 you're risking money, but like it's your team, your team has to be ready and prepared for you to bring in a talent like someone who could change your side, like just like just like that yeah and yeah I, like you said i don't want newcastle to kind of be like united and just see the runner form like going their way and then just like splurge next year when they're not totally ready yet to splurge yeah and yeah. maybe it would put themselves in the hole a little bit financially like we don't know exactly what their money and their budget situation is like but um i mean <laughs> europe could be on the cards for, for newcastle next year who knows Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be all based on who they get and how they how they perform. If they they can bring in some big signings and perform like they they are now, I think you know in a few seasons I could definitely see them contending for Europe. Yeah, they're they're the hottest team right now in, in England. You know, four straight wins. No other side has done that um, in the last five games. And yeah. of those four games, they beat Wolves and um, sorry, Wolves and Leicester, who are you know sitting eighth and tenth. So. They beat up on two top 10 teams. Uh, the other two wins coming against Crystal Palace and then most recently against Lowly Norwich at the bottom of the table. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I can see it just going up from here from Newcastle. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it's not like before where the top four was solid, like outside of yeah, that's City true. and Liverpool and like maybe Chelsea's maybe got a toe in front of like the other top teams. Like no one's really made a claim like, Oh, we're the, we're the fourth best. So mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's there for the taking. Yeah. And we're, it's that gap's only going to close from now until the end of the season. Um, only a few teams are really in that spot to make a difference. But next year, again, mm-hmm. full clean slate. Um, you know, everyone starts at zero points next season. So well, who knows? There could be some, some bright spots. I mean, we, for the longest time, Brentford and, um, Brentford yeah. and Brighton were, you know, sitting in the top, top five, top six for a long time this year. They obviously found their form and they kind of where they should be uh, in the table <laughs> later on. This. Oh, no, sorry, not found their form. Found where they should be. They found their true form. They found say. their like, true form. Yeah, they found their true form later on the season to like kind of level off where they where they should be at. Um, Brentford mm-hmm. in 12th and Brighton in 11th. So, I mean, they're, they're still mm-hmm. pretty close to each other. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? So... Uh, yeah, next weekend or this weekend, sorry. Um, Newcastle, Liverpool. Uh, who else we got? Leeds and Man City, Tottenham, Leicester, Everton, Chelsea, at mm-hmm. Goodison Park. Uh, see if Chelsea can maybe spoil Lampard's, you know, his, his attempts to pull him out of the relocation zone, or maybe, you know, Chelsea can say, hey, we're a little safer now. You can get a little win. <laughs> I think yeah. Chelsea fans would be heartbroken if Lampard got relocated. <laughs> I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't care. I love Lampard. He's my favorite player of all time. Yeah. If he if he goes down, you can't give him all the blame. Like the club's been just a disaster. Yeah. Um, even like when he took yeah. over, everything was kind of against him. I didn't think it'd be this bad. Honestly, yeah. though. Yeah, I, I don't think I, anyone did. <laughs> I don't know what his record is with Everton um, since he took over. I mean, I actually that up. They're like even their team. It's like how. I mean, I know their D's not great, but 
with the players they have. I mean, what yeah. is going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's not good though. Like Deli Alley's <laughs> probably like, wow, did I get like what the fuck? I'm trying to find his record of just what he's done at um Everton. Um You guys talk. I don't know. I mean it's probably it is I mean It's not good, I know that, but <laughs> it's just what he got there a couple of months ago. It's probably a solid like, I don't know, three wins. Two draws, nine losses, or whatever it is. Probably something like that. Pressure's on right now. I can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he came into a club that was clearly in shambles. And I mean, I probably wouldn't have went for him like you had Nuno. I don't, I'm not sure if he was interested at all, but you, ne- you need someone that's been in the scrap and taken a team out of the scrap. This is a whole different thing. So five, five, one, and nine. Yeah. Five cool. wins, five wins, one draw, and nine losses. Yeah. Since January 31st. Very it's good. Not, it's not very yeah. good. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, if they do go down, I don't know if he'll stay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to see. Well, yeah. Again, we'll have to see how the season plays out. Um, clearly. So that's Chelsea, Everton, West Ham, Arsenal, London, Derby. And then Man United versus Brentford. Hopefully Christian Eriksen can, you know, show up a little bit there in that game too. He's he's awesome. I love to watch him play. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite just all around midfielders. I mean, just what he does is is really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On he's just always in the mix. Yeah, always in the mix. Yeah, yeah. And he just he does it very casually. He doesn't really break a sweat when he's playing. Like he yeah. just kind of knows where to be. He hustles his ass off. He's a he's an all time runner. Um. But yeah, I just he just he's always there. Yeah. And uh to be honest, I'd like Brentford and kinda help them stay afloat since he's arrived. It's uh it's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, credit to him. Alright, we good boys? We are okay. good. Good. Alright, I wanna thank everyone for listening, everyone for watching. This will be up on YouTube. You guys can see our faces here. Um like and subscribe on YouTube as well, and even on the podcast platforms. Uh, you guys can leave you know, comments. You guys can do a rating for us if you want. Everything you guys do really helps us out here on the channel and on the podcast. So we'll do our part. We'll keep the content going. You guys do your part and uh, help us out a little bit. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Right. Cheers. <laughs>